Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, Kitchen Chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kitchen Chat here on webtalkradio.net. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining me here in my kitchen today. And for those new listeners, I would like to say a special welcome and thank you for dropping by my kitchen to see what's happening here. Um, By way of background, what happens each week is we have a featured guest who is typically a food expert, a kitchen expert, a gourmet chef or cookbook author, everything and anything you need to know about food and preparing it and what to prepare it on. So without further ado, I can't wait to introduce you to our two guests today, Nick Sauer and Bruce Sauer, who are um, the owners of Sauer Kitchen Solutions. It's a wonderful design, kitchen kitchen design solution company, and they have been in the business for many years. We'll have them share their experience and expertise with us today and, and have those questions answered that you have sent in about how do you go about designing a kitchen and, and how do you optimize the space when you don't have a lot of it? So I can't wait to hear their answers today and uh, hear about family-owned businesses. So I know many of you had questions and interest in that as well. So without further ado, welcome to Kitchen Chat, Bruce and Nick Sauer. Thanks for having us, Margaret. appreciate it. And hello to everybody out there. Thank you, Margaret. Oh. Looking forward to this. Yes, thank you. Um, I guess the first question is, how do you go about designing a kitchen? I mean, what what would be the first step for someone who is looking to maybe remodel an existing kitchen? Um, what do they do uh, besides picking up the phone and, and calling you? And, and listeners will make sure we, we have their website, which is sourkitchens.com. Um, linked to this podcast, so you'll know how to contact them. But, but if you could kind of walk us through the steps of, okay, I need to do something to my kitchen. What do I do? <laughs> well, Dad, I think that's a perfect uh, question for you. You're the expert of 30 years, so take it away. Um, I think in any kitchen situation, the first thing you want to do is analyze what you have. Mm-hmm. Do you have the space that you want? Do you have the appliances that you want? Um, are the appliances operated on the energy source you want? For instance, if you're starting with electricity, would you prefer gas? Mm-hmm. Well, the first step is always to examine what you have. Step number two would be to place your appliances where you would want them. Sometimes they just stay where they're at. Mm-hmm. And then examine the spaces remaining. Think vertically because vertical space provides you with more space. Um, and after that, um, it, it comes down to tastes and ideas and thrills. And there's a lot of kitchen magazines out there that I see all the time from people who have cut them up and presented ideas. Great. So it really is uh, kind of a team effort when someone works with Sour Kitchen Solutions. Absolutely. Uh, you know, our motto has 
been our family working with yours. Uh, we're a family-run business and a family team, and many of the people that want to remodel their homes or families or they're working for a family as a contractor. So absolutely, there's a major family focus with us. Oh, that's great. And 30 years in the business, so you do carry a lot of expertise with you, which we're just so appreciative of your sharing today. Now, Bruce, you had mentioned vertical spaces. If you can kind of walk us through that concept and help us kind of visualize how you determine um, vertical space. The vast majority of housing in America has been built since the mid-60s. Mm-hmm. Almost uniformly, homes have nine have eight foot ceilings, ninety six inches tall. Okay. Um, standard in cabinet construction and cabinet layout during that period was to set your wall cabinetry at eighty four inches, seven feet high. Hmm. So most homes, you have twelve additional inches going to the ceiling. That twelve okay. additional inches inches provides you with added space and draws the eye up which creates more space vertically. And I know you, Margaret, know that recently the trends have been to 9-foot and 10-foot ceilings in homes because smaller rooms with taller ceilings look larger. Uh, the same thing holds true in a kitchen. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And so, well, and design-wise, too, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are now going vertical and they're putting glass doors up and display cases, and, and it brings a lot of light into the kitchen. It makes it more of a home feel, especially if you have a smaller kitchen and smaller space. Uh, it gives some ambiance of, of, you know, a window, really, a window into your kitchen and a, a better flavor for your home. Oh, that is that does add a lot to it because I'll never forget when my husband and I um, uh, were newlyweds. We lived in New York City, and oh, I don't even know if you could call this a kitchen. I guess they call it a galley kitchen. It was like a tiny little space where barely two people <laughs> could be in the kitchen at the same time. What do you recommend for? Uh, those who are in smaller apartments and don't have a lot of um, uh, move-around room, um, what do you recommend in terms of how they can can further enhance the vertical space? Um, and Nick, you had mentioned about the glass cabinet fronts. That's a great idea. Is there anything else when, when you're working with a smaller size kitchen? Well, many times it's depending on what you have behind a wall. You know, if you can't move the wall back because of the apartment space, you have to really start thinking creatively with a designer. Um, and we do a lot of that. We'll we'll look at the space and determine, you know, can we move things to open up this environment so that you don't just have one person stuck in the kitchen right. or two people. Since <laughs> it, it is the place that everyone comes to. If you yeah. have an event or have, have friends or family over, it seems that everyone automatically goes in the kitchen. I don't know why that is. I think people, I'm glad people want to go there though, because that's our business. Um, But that's the hardest part is determining what the environment is around you. But vertically is the best as long as you can reach those cabinets. The other thing is that in in a lot of the older apartments, there is soffit, which is a wall space built in above the cabinetry. In many apartments, that soffit is simply there to hang the cabinets below. It has no actual structural integrity. Some places it's used for ducting, but in most cases you can remove that soffit, gain that additional 12 inches, and that provides you with a lot of additional storage. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, wow. So you really deal with 
quite um, a varied portfolio, it sounds like, of, of clients and kitchen situations. What, what has been the most challenging project you've encountered all these years? Oh, that I think would be relatively easy. We did a, uh, recently did a uh, kitchen in Bucktown for an apartment that had a condo that had had a fire. Oh, wow. And, so that, uh, was, that was the Gold Coast, actually. Gold Coast, you're right. Yeah. I'm sorry, that it had a fire. And when we finally got the whole apartment stripped out, we found that over the years, the concrete in the middle of the house, of the condo, had uh, so decreased that there was about 17 and a half inches of difference from one end of the room to the other. Wow. And if you were to set cabinetry on that, there'd be six or seven inches below it. Yeah. So we actually had to fill the flooring in with a gypsum crete, kind of a gypsum concrete, which is very light, in order to create a level floor. That uh, that was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. You wouldn't want the the dishes falling out, you know. No one we want the cat it. sliding in underneath the cabinetry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. Oh, that does sound like a, a challenge there. Um, speaking of flooring, what are you seeing in terms of trends in homes? Do you see like wood floor mainly in a kitchen, tiled floor? Um, what are you seeing these days? Oh, it's a combination. I'm, I'm, I tend to be a, a hardwood person because I'm a little more traditionalist. Uh, my wife tends to be a, a, a tile person because she likes the West Coast influence that she has out there. Um, bamboo floors, recyclable floors um, mm -hmm. have become very popular uh, because of the green aspect of cabinetry, which we are very much in favor of and participate in heavily. So I think that uh, those are the type of things that you'll see in the future. Um, also for like countertops, recycled glass used to create countertops. Hmm. Uh, more green features in which we're reusing that product that already exists. And that does seem to be a very important uh, trend these days with the greening of um, construction and, and remodeling. And, and that's great to know that Sour Kitchen Solutions is very much uh, an advocate of that and includes that in the design. That's, that's terrific. Now, with flooring, I'm just curious, if, if you have a wood floor in the kitchen, are there special, um, is there any special preparation you need to do in terms of protecting it? Because I don't know about those other cooks out there, but sometimes my cooking can be a bit messy and <laughs> with unexpected spills and <laughs> all of that. Well, again, you dogs. have a lot of versatility. You mm -hmm. know, a, a prego floor, which essentially is a laminate floor that looks like different types of, of things, whether it could be wood or otherwise, um, is, a, is a laminate, and that laminate is impervious. So mm -hmm. there's an option with a hardwood floor, um, well-stained, and a number of coats of, of, of polyurethane allows you good protection. Okay. Um, with, with tile, uh, you'll want to seal all of the grouting so that you don't have any penetration into the grout. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a number of things that can be done to make the floors far more uh, practical, if you will. Okay, that's, that is great to know. Um, we've talked a bit about the vertical space. Um, let's talk about kind of the, I guess, horizontal layout of the kitchen, too. Is, is there like an, uh, an equation or a rule in terms of how many feet there should be between a cook counter and a counter and, and between the appliances, or, or is it just really up to the... Um, you know, the person in the kitchen. 
Well, minimum travel areas, let's say you're walking in the front of your sink, you want to make sure you have a minimum of 36 inches before you contact a wall or an island or another space. Okay. So any aisle area, minimum of 36, I recommend 42. Okay, that's good That gives know. you good flow in the area. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, you want to think in terms of your working triangle, which is going to be your sink and your refrigerator and your cooktop. Okay. That way you have your water, you have your fire, you have your cool. That's your three areas. Uh, you want access to them. How far apart they are um, can vary depending upon, of course, the size of your kitchen. But that's your work triangle, and you want to make sure that they stay in relationship to one another. You wouldn't okay. want your water to be on one side of the room, have to walk entirely around the island in order to get to the stove. Right. Right, and by triangle, you know, if your sink you know, and then you know, think of it as a triangle, exactly that. So you just turn around and you have access to everything right there, wall to wall to maybe island. Okay, yeah, that does make sense. And also, I guess you need the water close to uh, the stove, at least I do, for those uh, unexpected mishaps and the cooking adventures. Unexpected but anticipated. Exactly. And do you have any uh, quick solutions in terms of extinguishing those unexpected um, fires that can occur when you accidentally leave the butter on too long? A fire extinguisher is always a good idea to have in the pantry. Okay. Um, You know, there are are these new, they aren't necessarily a big, huge fire extinguisher, but there are these one-use extinguishers that are out there. I'm blanking on the name of it. Dad, you may know some of these, but having one of those in your pantry is always a good idea. Okay. Um, So maybe go from the triangle to the square, have the the fire (laughs) extinguisher nearby as well. That is a good point, very good point, especially with uh, wood cabinetry around. And and are you seeing any trends um, in terms of the cabinets? I mean, is, it, is wood still very popular? I mean, what um, are you seeing in terms of the cabinetry? Well, painted colors have become extremely popular, and most cabinet companies are almost unlimited in their capacity to do painted colors. Um, In the industry, overall, oak, even though oak is fading, is still the greatest majority of kitchens because of the fact that it is a good price product. Uh, Maples, cherries, alders, hickory, all have a place in the market. And there are some new woods, if you will, that are coming in in a veneer form, like bamboo, which is a very green product but can also be beautifully done. Hmm. Uh, These veneers allow you to use woods that aren't as prevalent, but because you're using them in veneer forms, uh, you're not using great amounts of them. And that gives hmm. you great flexibility as well. In the in the normal housing market, I would say that oak is at the top of the hump with maple, alder, and hickory, cherry making up the rest of the marketplace. Okay. Now, what about countertops? I know granite um, has been things that have been in for quite a few years. Is that uh, still trending, or is there a different type of countertop that you're seeing surface, no pun intended, uh, that's growing <laughs> in popularity? You know, it really it varies on, you know, what your, what your cabinet is going to end up being. Many times you want your, your countertop to complement that, and mm-hmm. it, it is a piece of art when you're in your home. It's, it's a beautiful space, so you want that to match. Um, you know, the prices of, of many things 
uh, have moved down as the market has settled, uh, you know, and, and moved down to. Uh, granite is more affordable than it's ever been. Um, there are solid surface countertops as well. If you're if you're looking at a different type of kitchen that may be an entry level kitchen or um, you know a starter home for that smaller kitchen that uh, you know you guys may have been in initially that may have just been a solid surface uh, countertop. And the other thing is is mixing countertops. In many cases now you'll have let's say a granite countertop in your around your water areas. You may have an island that has a butcher block top because you do a lot of food prep there. Oh. Or you may have a display cabinet in which you really don't work on the countertop, but you want the countertop to to coordinate and to complement the cabinetry. Glass doors with the display. So that top might be a mahogany top that you finish mm-hmm. it with. The newest trend is really in the mixing of different counters predicated on the, the work that's going to be done at that surface. And a lot of people are incorporating desks into their kitchen space since everyone's in the kitchen. Many families are working, students and children are doing homework in the kitchen as mom or dad is cooking. Uh, So there are desk spaces and you could use a countertop surface there as well uh, for that desk area. Wow. Now, is there any, um, I guess, variety in terms of the durability of of surface? surfaces. Um, One of my listeners really loves the look of soapstone, but um, she's afraid to buy it because it's too soft. Um, No, soapstone is a a wonderful product. We recently put that into a Bucktown remodel. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some, you know, soapstone you have to to, to, to maintain the stone itself. It takes uh, 30 minutes a couple times a year to do. It's a wonderful surface. Oh, Very soft, very muted, in its appearance, yeah, but very durable because it can always be cleaned and sanded and, and taken care of. Okay. And it offers a very, it's traditional many times, but it's also a very sleek, contemporary feel to it as well as a solid, yeah. beautiful surface for your kitchen. Okay, and it's kind of, it, it's very um, fooling because you would think that it would be a softer and less durable surface, but um, soapstone does have a durability then, uh, assuming that the proper care is, is taken. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. Okay. and soapstone tends to come in a five-quarters um, thickness. Hmm. So, I mean, you can use less thickness on it, but you can get a real nice five-quarters thick um, counter, and that's going to last you as long as you mm-hmm. have the kitchen. Okay. Okay. Now, are there any key elements of a kitchen design that are really helpful with the resale of a home? You know, I th- I think that many times um, consumers may think, this is my kitchen. I want it to be the best kitchen in the world. It's going to be my taste and my mm-hmm. flair. Um, we see that sometimes when, when a customer wants something very modern. Um, and modern, you know, is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, given some of the settings, it really fits perfect. If you've got an apartment downtown mm-hmm. uh, in a, or a condo downtown and it's in a high-rise, modern is perfect. Sometimes out in suburbia, modern just doesn't sell. Mm-hmm. And having more of a traditional, you know, as, as Dad talked about, having those wood species that have lasted the test of time, but you can put your design flair and your feelings into it uh, help in that resale process and makes an elegant kitchen that someone would walk into 10 years down the road and say, wow, they did a great job in this kitchen and I can see myself living here too. Because you never right. know who's going to buy your right. home. That's true. 
that and I is think, true. You know, if you think of kitchens in terms of fashion, Margaret, I'm sure that you can name fashion designs that you've seen today that you saw first time in the 70s. Right. Went, oh, that's coming back. Yes, exactly. Right. For better or for, for worse. For better or for worse, <laughs> that's coming back. Well, that's not what you want anybody to ever say when you're coming to your kitchen is, oh, someday this design will come back. Right. 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 <laughs> you, want to, you want to lean towards the classic, fine okay. lines, nice detailing practical usage, design the kitchen to be used well. That's always the thing that we have to remember. Hmm. You cook food here. You prepare here. Make it right. practical but elegant. Yeah, and yeah. you entertain there, too. I mean, this again, this is where everyone wants to hang out in your home. Uh, you want it to be a space that's appealing to a great amount of people that are going to be in your home and, and are going to love the space. That's true, because no matter where you host the party, you know, everyone's like, oh, go in the dining room area. They all end up in the kitchen. That's right. (laughs) Now, are you seeing in terms of the layout of a kitchen kind of a more open approach where, um, I I don't know, are you seeing kind of the open where it can open up into the entertainment? You're kind of incorporating an entertainment area as well? or The homes of tomorrow probably will not have dining rooms wow. because the kitchen itself will open up into a great room where the family will gather. The reason that people gather in the kitchen is, is because it's the heart of the home. Yes. The heart of the home now is being incorporated into a greater home design. So open space that flows into great rooms, flows into sitting areas, that's all the design trend for the future. Wow. And you really don't see dining rooms. No, I, I, I anticipate that the dining room is probably the, the least used home, room in the home anymore. Yes, yes, except with Thanksgiving no. and, and the special it's true. holidays. True, we, yeah. we use it for a number of holidays and, and very true. elegant events. Um, right. But a lot of people are now having you know, a, a kitchen table incorporated into their island, or they have high stools that go into the island. And because so many people are having conversations together in a kitchen and, and many families are multitasking as we all have busy schedules right. and the kids are eating at the table while mom and dad are cooking and everybody's there at the same time. We are seeing that more open flow area and folks having their meals at islands. Okay. Yes. And, and, and you've co- incorporated a lot of these designs that people can see on your website, right? Sour Kitchens, yeah. S-A-U-E-R kitchens.com that um, highlight some of the photographs. Yeah, they do. They do. And as people visit the website, they can see a variety of different designs as well as uh, different species of wood and and different types. Uh, We have done stock kitchen cabinetry uh, and offer those through distribution and big box stores. And uh, we've had those offerings for 30 years and uh, also, well, about 25 years actually, Mm -hmm. and also custom. So people will see the custom products and uh, custom designs that we've put out there as well. So really, someone can can give you all a call, and you can work within their budget. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so um, for the so things can be done inexpensively or over the top. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there's there's a lot of versatility in the designs that we can put together and the products that we can use, uh, mm-hmm. whether it be for someone in a starter home that's looking for a stock cabinet or a contractor that's developing apartment buildings or row houses. 
mm-hmm. as well as the individual who's remodeling an estate and wants a brand new state-of-the-art, beautiful, soup-to-nuts, gorgeous kitchen. So we offer it all and for every budget and pretty much uh, every different type of, of cabinet style that you could look for when it comes to color or wood species. And I think importantly, Margaret, mm-hmm. um, replacing kitchens today, most of the kitchens, and I do mean most of the kitchens yeah. out there, were designed by builders. And the yeah. design of that kitchen was to fill the space, to do it inexpensively, and to sell the home. Mm-hmm. Or apartments and homes. New design will create beautiful spaces. And using stock cabinetry and a creative designer, you can create beautiful spaces without a big budget. And you can probably, in some cases, uh, assuming the wear and tear, perhaps use some of the pre-existing cabinetry oh, of, or, or exactly. other. Exactly. One of the best things that a person can do if they, if they really want to do it on a budget is reface their cabinetry. Great. Take off the doors and the hinges, have the, uh, the wood surfaces redone with laminates, put new doors and handles and hinges on, a new countertop, and voila, you have a beautiful new kitchen. That's great. So so even um, smaller tweaks can really enhance the look. And, and do you see that um, some of the tweaking might be through the lighting, perhaps, or adding fans or, or, or other ornamental changes? For me, I think that the, the better tweaking is lighting, lighting okay. and moldings. Under cabinet lighting today, which just lights the surfaces that you're working on, um, taking uh, the, the, the overhead lighting that you have and putting it on dimmer so you can lower the lights down, creating more atmosphere in your kitchen. Oh, yeah. Perhaps using a crown molding on top of an exposed cabinet as opposed to just the square edges or what we call a light valance, which is on the bottom of the cabinetry. It hides the under-cabinet molding. These things extend the height of the cabinetry. The lighting changes the mood, um, creates a whole new feel for your kitchen. Oh, that is a great idea, kind of a candlelight ambiance exactly. with, with the dimming. And what about lighting? What kind of trends are you seeing that? Uh, is it still kind of the recessed uh, lighting or, or, or lighting that hangs um, down from the, the ceiling over the island? What, what all are you seeing in that aspect? Well, most modern kitchens, it's a, it's a, it's a combination. Mm-hmm. You'll use your can lighting in the ceiling, which is essentially hidden, on a dimmer to create mood, but you'll have mm-hmm. pennant lighting that highlights specific spots. Oh. Under cabinet lighting that lights just the counters and the services where you're working, all of which can be directed and dimmed to the proper hue that you want for the atmosphere of what you're doing. Wow. And it seems like there's so many, um, I guess, technological upgrades occurring within the kitchen, too, uh, like with home computer systems and um, maybe alarm systems uh, or security systems and even the cooking. Quite honestly, I still, (laughs) this is a confession time, have not figured out how to work the convection oven option (laughs) on my oven. I'm thoroughly convinced that someday soon, and it probably already exists because I'm not a technocrat, you'll be coming home and you'll call your house and you'll tell your house to get the water turned on for the spaghetti. And when you get there, you know. (laughs) See, and and Dad will watch, you know, Star Trek, old reruns of Star Trek, and he'll say, Nick, see, I told you that would come about. I told you we'd do that. So he might be right. I don't know. I'm still trying to beam up, but it's not. (laughs) Someday. 
fine. Someday good. you'll be able to beam the spaghetti. Oh, that's great. As long as they have a virtual fire extinguisher in my case. That's right. That's right. <laughs> beam the fire extinguisher. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, you, you mentioned that, but we are, we are constantly now faced with the idea of, of bringing flat screen television sets and stereo systems into the kitchen areas, yeah. uh, planning centers, uh, computer screens built into small desk areas where you can do your your calendar and other things, all that coordinate. Uh, there's so much that can be done electronically. That is amazing. Just, yeah, that is so amazing. And it is, as you said, and I love to, to say this here on Kitchen Chat as well, the kitchen is the heart of the home and really the yeah. heart of the world, too, no matter. Absolutely. But in food the is biggest the family space there is. Exactly. And food is that universal language that we all share. Um, now, what about, um, I, I'm just curious, when, when we're talking about over-the-top uh, appliances, just out of curiosity's sake, what do you see at the highest end? I mean, how high do the prices go for um, putting in an oven or, or refrigerator? Oh, I'm, I'm just kind of curious at the state of the art. Y- you can easily easily spend $10,000 on an oven or a refrigerator. Wow. wow. Easily. Wow. And what do you so, get for that? What makes it have that value that someone would, would want to invest that amount of money? What features? What unique features? Well, I, I, to begin with, the quality of the construction itself. Mm-hmm. You, in most cases, you're buying a lifetime product okay. when you're spending that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you're buying for, let's say, refrigeration. You're buying multiple zones of different temperatures. Hmm. You're buying um, almost frost-free operations. You're buying product warranty. You're buying design elements where the face of everything can be changed. Or You're just buying so much flexibility in it. But like anything else, that flexibility is also working its way down the price sheet. Okay. So you'll find more of that. You'll find more, for instance, my favorite appliance is the 24-inch deep, countertop deep refrigerator. Ten years ago, you had one supplier that really serviced that marketplace. Today, there's a half a dozen or more. And it's a 24-inch countertop refrigerator? Countertop depth. It's countertop depth. Okay. It doesn't stick out past your countertops. And that huh. way, if you want to incorporate incorporate a wood finish on it, it looks very much like your cabinetry. It disappears. Wow. The 24-inch depth refrigerator is a is a wonderful wonderful item for for making the kitchen elegantly designed. Hmm. And you you said that previously there was just only one supplier for this. For a long time, one particular supplier had almost complete control of that marketplace because of the quality of the product they made uh, and the versatility of the product. But over the last few years, uh, just a quite quite a few others have entered into the marketplace to where you we have a lot of versatility in the appliance packages. And some of the newer appliances I love, like microwave drawers, that are so easy to use. Wait, a microwave drawer. I have not heard about this. Tell us about what a microwave drawer is. A normal drawer, put the materials in it that you want, close the drawer, set it, you're all set. And the new smaller dishwasher drawers. For those of us who someday will be empty nesters, we don't, you know, I I tend to be a water miser, so I'm not turning my dishwasher on until it's full. Right. Well, if there's just two of us in the house, it takes a while. 
with a dishwasher drawer. It's half the space. I can pull it out. Very practical. I can do one or more dishwasher drawers in the kitchen so they're in the workspace areas where you want them to be. A lot of flexibility. So, so just so I can visualize this, when you say um, the, the dishwasher drawer, I mean, it, it, is it literally hidden within the cabinetry and it looks like a drawer and you just pull it no, out? It, it, no, it, it, it has a microwave front on it, okay. like an appliance front on it, but it doesn't open on a hinge. It opens up as a drawer. Oh. And the, wow. dishwasher, the dishwasher will look like a cabinet itself. So you'll be able to, to, you know, it'll have a face just like it, and you'll mm-hmm. be able to pull that out, put the dishes in. Wow. So I guess you just have to remember not to put the trash from the pull-out drawer yeah, <laughs> trash right. into the dishwasher. That's right. <laughs> oh, but this is great a great addition to flexibility. Once again, I take myself back to the kitchen in New York City where something like this would, you know, would really add more space. Right. And that's a lot of And for a smaller, younger family with some children, I mean, a lot of meals, uh, you know, there may not be a healthy benefit. Some of the listeners might say, Nick, I don't know. But some kids microwave their meals when they get home from school. They'll make a Mm -hmm. snack. And it's easy to reach as opposed to, you know, when I was a kid, I'd have to jump up on the counter and kind of climb up. It's not the safest thing. If you've got a microwave drawer or a lower microwave established in the design of the kitchen, it's very user-friendly for your younger kids. And it is really just a built-in microwave. Yep. Oh, that is, yeah, that is great to know. And there's no risk in terms of um, it doesn't need, like, ventilation or anything within a microwave. It it doesn't have to have an open space. It can just stay within that confined um, built-in drawer area. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, this, there are really some interesting changes going on um, within this industry. And, and how do you keep up with all of these options, all of these design solutions? What do you do um, to, to keep on top of the pulse of, of the industry? Well, for me, I'm an, I'm an old um, trade magazine publisher, and mm-hmm. uh, my, my market was custom remodeling and kitchen and bath design. So uh, I keep up with the magazines, and, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm, I'm look, constantly looking at products, and I like to go to appliance stores. Great. Um, so I, I go to them and look at the new trends and what they're doing, what's going on, and uh, and the other thing is is quite frankly, a lot of our customers bring fresh ideas and new products they've seen that they've clipped out and said, "Have you ever seen this?" Wow. One of my favorites, one I just saw recently, is a sliding countertop where the, the top is about two and a half, three inches thick, and you can slide it off the island to create an eating space. And when you slide it off, a faucet pops up, and the cook space and the stove underneath it are exposed. Wow. And you don't want them, you just slide it back in, it goes back, makes it look like an island, and everything disappears. Very. That's Which is another wonderful option for a smaller kitchen. Right. Oh, that, a convertible island stove, all, right, all in yeah. one. And is there like a, a granite covering or, or whatever um, covering they would choose that just kind of slides off? And is it heavy? I'm just Normally trying to. Normally, you're going to use a, a lighter material, maybe a laminate or or a um, solid surface material, because if it's going to slide, you don't want too much weight on it. Right. Right. So you would go away from the granite, but it's uh, again, it, it all depends on how industrial you want to make it. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Now, are you seeing any um, interesting trends in terms of the venting? Because I know, um, like on my, my stove top, you push this one button and out of nowhere, the the ventilation fan <laughs> comes up and, and gets rid of my well, smoke from the unexpected system. burning. <laughs> yeah, you probably have a downdraft system so that when it comes up in the back of the stove, it pulls your the grease and the smoke and the, whatever it is out down yes. through the system. Mm-hmm. Um, Ventilation has dramatically improved over the last five to ten years with, hmm. with larger ventilation capacity. We, we highly recommend that you examine as much ventilation as possible to keep the air moving, avoid fire situations, um, grease traps, etc. But uh, the, what I like about the new ventilation systems is that they're easily, easily placed inside cabinetry. So that you can make beautiful hoods and surrounds out of cabinetry, still have practical storage space in them, and yet get a state-of-the-art ventilation system. Wow. You know what? I never thought about the ventilation side. So they can actually become a grease trap and a fire hazard? Oh, certainly. I mean, you have to have filters. I mean, if you take a look at people, especially that fry food, that grease gets into the air. It's got to go someplace. Oh. So, uh, you know, with, with, with non-ventilating systems, it can tend to be trapped in, in that, those systems over, over a course of time, and that can become very dangerous. Okay, this is, you know what, I think I'm going to be calling the two of you soon <laughs> myself, and I, I recommend you listeners to definitely connect with Bruce and Nick Sauer with Sauer Kitchen Solutions. I will have a link um, to their website with contact information on Sauer, S-A-U-E-R, kitchens.com, and they're also on Facebook. You can look up the same tagline sour kitchens and on twitter too and i noticed that you have a wonderful blog on your website too can you share a little bit about um about that and and i noticed the topic was scullery <laughs> for the yeah. month well the blog is very new we just went through a um a redesign on the website. Everything is brand new and fresh this year, mm-hmm. uh, and the blog is very recent as of this month. Um, but the scullery is the name of the blog, and a scullery is, uh, in many older homes, um, they had a scullery, and it's a side kitchen. It's mm-hmm. an area where they hung laundry in some cases and stored the dishes and prepared some of the food that would then go into the actual kitchen and then, of course, into the dining room and for the, the homeowners uh, to eat. And so a scullery is an area where we are going to uh, share our thoughts and prepare our design ideas and air out our laundry about kitchens. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's basically our, our way of communicating our side thoughts uh, on our blog. Oh, so that's, that's been our first blog is explaining what a scullery really is. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't wait to keep up with the blogs. That's going to be really fun fun to pursue. And you know what, I just had another thought. We really, I mean, if you look at over the centuries, um, how kitchens have evolved and changed, um, you know, you, you take these tours of historic kitchens and, and they always seem to be in the basement. Yeah, or, or detached from the home itself because of fires and other things. You're right. Okay. Really, and it's interesting, uh-huh. the dining room was always that heart of the home. You know, or wherever there was a, a fireplace mm-hmm. for warmth. Um, so the the kitchen has really evolved as more people have have moved into cooking and preparing their own food, uh, and the whole family has taken part in that. 
that uh, yes, and it really ha- we've it, it's moved from the basement and from the outside into and I, I I love I think I've seen on your website how you described it. It's the centerpiece of the home. Yes. Well, the you know, the big thing about the kitchen is is when you got hot and cold running water. Mm-hmm. That's when the kitchen could move indoors. That's right. Because uh, when you had to carry buckets of water and you wanted to get it into the easiest place possible, and you didn't necessarily want it to go on the on the rug you just got from France. Uh, yes. Uh, or yes. because you didn't have that fire extinguisher nearby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you didn't want it in the home itself. <laughs> and you never know what you walk through on the way from the well to the uh, kitchen. <laughs> That's true. I we never... also do bathrooms at Sour That's Kitchen right. Solutions. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't think I would have ever made it as a pioneer. I oh, I have such respect for my forefathers and foremothers in terms of uh, what they en- endured cooking over an open flame, too. I don't yeah, think I, I ever would want to mess with them. I don't think I wanted to mess with a woman who's just carried 15 buckets of water up a mile hill to the kitchen. Yeah, and has a hot <laughs> poker to get oh, the yeah. flame stoked. Probably can't take a joke about that. <laughs> What do you mean you don't like my food? Yeah, right, <laughs> right, exactly. Here's the iron skillet, the cast iron skillet. <laughs> right, which is why it became a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, since we are, we have uh, drifted to um, the skillet, I do want to chat about food. I mean, kitchen chat, of course, the, the very important element of, of the kitchen chat is uh, the kitchen itself. And this is where I broadcast each week from my kitchen for kitchen chat on webtalkradio.net. But um, what uh, recipe do you have that, that you might be able to share with the listeners that well, um, they Margaret, might Margaret, we saw each other uh, last week at an event, yeah, and uh, we were making chili, and our family has a recipe that's been uh, tossed down generation to generation. Uh, Dad gave it to me. His father gave it to him. And, of course, it ties in with the family business. It's called Sour Chili. So, uh, you know, Dad, if you want to share uh, the recipe that your dad gave you and you've been fortunate to give me, uh, I think that's a great recipe to give the listeners. Oh, it, it, it's a very simple recipe. It's, it's just I use good sirloin um, mm-hmm. for, for the meat. Uh, I like to mix up the beans, so I use chili beans, black beans, kidney beans, mm-hmm. uh, so I get a little variety. Um, I use a lot of uh, celery and uh, green pepper and onions. Uh, Worcestershire sauce, a little bit of vinegar, um, chili powder, uh, some garlic salt. Um, I like uh, I like mine to have a little bit of spike, so a good amount of chili pepper. And mm. uh, I believe that chili is really good on day two. So anytime I make a pot of chili, I make it, and when it's done being made, it gets set in the refrigerator for a day because mm-hmm. yeah, it'll congeal, as I call, always call it. Right. And at day two, it's a lot better. And I like it even more spicy, so I put <laughs> I put Tabasco sauce in it. And one of my best friends is from New Orleans, and there's a wonderful spice that's a Cajun spice that I put in it. It's called Tony Sachery's, and I put mm-hmm. Tony's in there, and it really it uh, spikes up the taste and the spice quite a bit. Oh, gives that chili an extra bit of kick. <laughs> that is great, and, and I really did enjoy the sampling of the chili, and uh, that was that was a fun. Well, fun hopefully chili he served it with some good cornbread muffins. Yeah. I did not. I oh. failed. I failed oh. there, Dad. <laughs> your own restriction. Next time, next time we'll have the cornbread. <laughs> oh, and the cornbread does need to be cooked in a cast iron skillet. <laughs> so you got like it. Southern tradition. <laughs> you got it. 
Yep, that is key. Well, this has just been so informative, and I'm sure our listeners have have learned right along with, with me about the different options out there for remodeling, making a small tweak up to completely redesigning uh, a kitchen and, and living area within your home. And and Bruce and Nick Sauer of Sauer Kitchen Solutions are just eager and willing to, to work with you no matter what your budget might be. If, if you're looking more on the inexpensive or on the more elaborate, they have kitchen solutions for you, and uh, I hope you will definitely give them a call and, and mention that you them on Kitchen Chat. And uh, once again, we will provide a link uh, to to their website so you can um, look at some of the photographs and and um, work with them on that. So Bruce and Nick, thank you so much for being on Kitchen Chat today and uh, really appreciate your taking the time and, and sharing these trends and, and ideas with us. Margaret, thank you very much. It was great to speak with your listeners and with you today. Thanks. Margaret, thank you. It was, it was a fun time. Oh, well, thank you. And and everyone, thank you, listeners, for, for joining us in my kitchen today for Kitchen Chat. Uh, please tune in again next week. And um, just please connect, too. I'd love love to hear you, love hear from you. I'd love to uh, hear some recipes as well. And as always, just, oh, just savor that time with your family and your friends in the kitchen and those moments of laughter and and just those moments of memories that you are making in the kitchen. So please, savor the day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you're interested in Margaret's books, A Mother's Heart Knows, Pearl Girls Encountering Grit, Experiencing Grace, and Go Back and Be Happy, please just click on the covers on the webtalkradio.net page in front of you. Margaret would love to connect with you and hear from you. So join her on Twitter, Facebook, her blog, or click on this website to leave a note and share a recipe. Thank you again, and we'll see you here again for a new show next week.